And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode number 134 today. Uh, week six recap, week seven preview. I know you're all surprised to hear me do uh, the intro. TJ is not doing the podcast today, just me and Tommy. Um, Tommy, how you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Starting at 11 o'clock, not bad. Uh, we'll probably be done in an hour, get to, get to sleep, get some rest. Um, big week six. A lot of movement was made in the standings. A lot of teams got big wins. Um, weird field situation. Going to get that cleaned up this week. Um, honestly, let's just get right into the games, I guess. We'll start with the 9 o'clock slate. Um, Notre Dame against Washington. Uh, I'll talk about my game first. We came out flat. Both teams, honestly, were very ugly in this game. It was a 12-6 final for Notre Dame. Joe scores on... A Matt Ballow short touchdown and a 45-yard rushing touchdown. We scored on a George, like, 15-yard touchdown. But outside of that, this game was very ugly. Um, defenses maybe were good, but offenses were really bad. Um, ball was wet. Not a lot of good throws by either quarterback. I thought me or Joe didn't play very well. But um, Notre Dame gets a big win, gets to gets gets up to 3-3 three and three on the season. And uh, my team falls to 3-2. and two. You watch this one? Actually, I got a little uh, late to the field because uh, no one told me which field the, the we're field, at. Uh, yeah, the field situation. So when I showed up, I was like in between both your game and the uh, Florida game, Florida-Penn State game. I watched a little both. I saw a defensive struggle. Saw a nice run by uh, by Joe. Uh, you yeah, know, long 45-yard touchdown run. Yeah, long touchdown run. And again, I didn't see much offense, a lot of defense, so I was... You know, pretty much looking at the other game. Yeah, both. No, honestly, our game was sloppy. I wouldn't want to watch it either. Both of our defenses were sending for the entire game, and neither quarterback, me or Joe, was able to really do much. Uh, Mike had his quietest game of the year. I blame that for me just not really throwing him the ball. Good targets. Um, DeLon played good defense, but Mike can get his on anybody. Um, we we just got to come out with more energy. I think my team has fed off of energy the entire season, and we didn't have any energy. It's 9 o'clock game, really cold. Um we just just weird weird game. They come out with a, a win that they absolutely needed to get them three and three. We fall to three and two. We're playing a doubleheader in two weeks. We have one game this week, so um, we'll turn it around. I'm confident that our offense will get back on track. Eleven o'clock game, better weather, so hopefully that uh, bodes well for our team. Any, any, anything else on this game? Where I'm gonna? Oh, that's just you. Yeah, honestly, um, George played really well. Um, Moore got another couple of pass breakups. We just need to clean up the mental mistakes. I feel like every week I talk to my team about uh, just mental mistakes, not making the going off sides, not dropping the ball, not just little things we ought to do better to clean it up. But I think we're still a good team. Musi was a beast in this game. Musi was a beast. He uh, definitely won the matchup with Morik. I thought. I just thought both quarterbacks were under pressure this entire game. Uh, the passing stats weren't great by either side. Offensive stats weren't great by either side. But um, Musi, um, Frankie, Justin Suarez. All made big plays. Rich Ritter had an interception this game. Um, just just an overall really shitty 9 o'clock game for both teams. But Notre Dame played a little less shitty, and they were able to come out the win. Joe Piscopo owns me. Last three. He's won three in a row against me, dating back to last spring. So, right, so gotta figure, you, you I got to figure that out. I won, I won the first two against him. He won the last three. So now that he's good, I guess I can't beat him. Um, next game, Florida against Penn State. Penn State wins 31-18. to um, I caught the I, I watched the film of all the games obviously so I kind of saw this game just looked like uh, Deshaun came a little late Dev had to start a quarterback 
Offensive line has just been a problem for Florida all season. Christian Elvina for Penn State was an absolute monster. Finished with five more sacks. Now it takes a commanding four-sack lead for the league leaders on the season, which uh, came out today on the Instagram. Um, Penn State gets their offense moving. Scoring on deep throws. Scoring on a couple of deep balls. One to Johnny Elite, one to uh, Ralph McFadden. Dexter threw for uh, for two, ran for three, ran for 125 yards. Um... He looked confident. We called him out on the podcast last week. Uh, we said that he should maybe even give up the quarterback position. Um, that kid, Matt, didn't come, but he is playing quarterback this week for them as Dan is not playing. He won't be there. Um, but Dan showed the, showed out. Got to have a day. Got his team a big win. They absolutely need it. Got their second win of the season. Um, still looking like three, probably four wins is what it's going to take to make the playoffs. So they put themselves in a good spot with three. Oh, no, they have four games to go. They're two and three. They got four games to go. So they put themselves in a good spot to possibly sneak into the playoffs as a lower seed. Um, I was impressed by them. I thought the play calling was very well. I thought the offensive line did a good job blocking. As for Florida, now 0-6. Well, it's great to see Matt Hughes back on the field. Yeah, I loved it. Matt was great for Deshaun. Uh, I wish that he could play every week for them because they could really use the, uh, the line help. Disappointed that Buddy didn't play. Um, not saying that they didn't have a great game. I think things could have been different if Buddy's playing. You know, back in the secondary, he's one of the best. Uh, you know, safeties, safeties in the league. Yeah, in no. the league, it's it's tough to get a ball over him. So uh, disappointed was there. That takes nothing away from Dan. Dan had a great game. Uh, again, love the play. Dan calling. exploited. He exploited what yeah, wasn't there for them. I always say, take what they give you. If they're going to give you that, then you know, yeah. do what you got to do. Uh, his running pretty much, you know, kept. Their defense up, which allowed him to get behind them mm-hmm. later on in the game. You figure that out. I was glad to see it. Great play calling. Great game by Dan. Yeah, I thought Dan really showed out. I thought all the players on his team they stayed commi- they're staying committed. It's it's tough sometimes when teams one teams one and uh, one and three, and offense hasn't scored a passing touchdown for Dan yet this season going into this week. You gotta you gotta uh, be a good captain to keep your team. Uh, lively throughout the week and get them to show up and show out on Sunday on Saturdays for us. And uh, he did that. His team showed up and they were able to ball out and get a big win. Um, thought Matt Hughes played well for Florida. Thought Matt Green played well for Florida. Uh, Dev DeGrasse did a little bit. Mike Freeman scored a touchdown. And Deshaun had two beautiful touchdown runs, one off of a pitch by Matt Hughes. One, he just kind of took a nice like 30-yard run up and down the sideline. Um Deshaun's still making plays in this league, but I don't think this was the right, the, uh, a good enough team drafted for him. I think he needed that solidified third lineman. Never really got it this season. Um, and just team attendance hasn't been that great for them. Yeah, I'm hoping that the, you know, the team don't just fold up and say, you know what, why am I going to show up when this team's not winning? I, we don't like that. I find a pound out in this league. Yeah. It's a good team. You guys, you know. It's you, you can, yeah, yeah, get there. You compete every week, you know. I, I just I don't like people that give up and you know Buddy to me is one of the top ten players in the league. I need to see him on the field every week. Yeah, he makes a huge difference in the secondary and like I said, Dexter was able to exploit that. Um, yeah, I think that's all we have on this game. Uh, need, yeah. need Penn State to come out and do it again next week. Yeah, Penn State has a big game without Dan Dexter playing at nine a.m. next week. Uh, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it's gonna be tough to play against the champs, playing against SCLSU. Um, so Penn State needs to ride the momentum <laughs> um, and. Keep it going. They got their second win of the season, and Florida falls to zero and six. All right, ten o'clock slate. We'll start with um, Oklahoma State against UNC. Um, Oklahoma State one and four season on the line. Um, UNC coming off their first loss. 
A lot of shit talking throughout the week between Seroff and Justin in the group chat. Um, no Pip in this one. No Joe Stulek in this one as well. Liam Knowles so, so, uh, subbed for UNC. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I think in this game, a big key factor was Noah Torino going out with an injury early. Forced um, Drew into a position where he needed to play kind of fourth lineman, be on the field a lot more. Um, I think that UNC had a pretty good game plan going in. I thought they were able to do some stuff, but um, Penn, uh, Penn State, Oklahoma State really changed up their defense. They moved. Augie is playing the middle now. Justin playing in the back, so now there's no no problems in the back, and you still have a very good flag puller in Augie playing the middle. This is, you know, look what showed up this week. Defense showed up, and Def- and they yeah. get a victory. Yeah, their defense we, showed up in a big way. We've been waiting for it all uh, all year. I'm going to say the biggest, uh, the, the the play that turned around yeah, this game it. was Melozzi's, uh strip sack of, uh, of Surhoff and uh, yeah, and Augie picking up the fumble and, and returning it. That, yeah, ball didn't hit the ground, punched right into yeah. Augie's chest, and he was smart enough to take it the distance. Um, that was a changing play in the game. Melozzi made a really nice play on the ball. Surhoff looked like he had seen a ghost after it happened. Uh, was shocked by the play that was made, but that's what good teams do, and they made a big play that changed the momentum of the game. Before the game, Melozzi, I was talking to him. He was ready for this game. He said he was going to make a play that, that that could make a difference, and, and he was right. Yeah, I thought Melozzi played a really good game. I thought their whole defense played a really good game. Uh, Leota got a big sack safety early. Um, Dev got one later in the game. Melozzi was getting pressure all game. I thought this was the worst game for UNC's offensive line that they've played to date. Um, they were playing with a man down, no pip. But um, yeah, it's a better team than that. Yeah. They got they got to show up a little bit better offensively than that. They they're very capable of doing it. Uh, one thing I wanted to say about uh, OSU, and I was talking to Joe uh, Justin's dad, yeah, on the sideline. You know what? Here's a guy that comes and watches every game, watches all his son's games. He knows exactly what's going on. When what he told to me really really resonated because he said OSU they come out the past couple of weeks they're very predictable. You can watch film on them and and you know. They're doing the same things over and over. The things that they changed up this week, like you said, they switched all year round. I like seeing Justin in a goal line package where uh, he, he played quarterback and, and he ran one in. Yep. I, you know, change it up. Don't don't be that predictable. You need somebody like that. You know what? Justin in space is, is deadly. Got yeah. Let, let let him come in in those goal line packages. Five yards in, ten yards in, let him come in. N- nothing against Augie. Augie is a great athlete and do the same things, but just change it up a little bit every now and then. Don't don't, don't come out, you know, the same stale offense. Yeah, I feel like their creativity um, definitely got better this week on offense. They can just – it's just things like that, like getting Justin the ball, just getting in his hands easier. They let him get the ball and make the decision. Justin's also capable of throwing the ball. Yeah. Um, you have IB, you have Augie, you have Justin, three of the best playmakers in the league. Um, they are capable of making – magic happen on the field honestly in our league they're very talented players um i thought oklahoma state was very had a really good game plan they came in prepared justin was not falling to one in five on this day um and i just think that honestly on this day they were the better team they came out and they got the job done 28 to 20 final um it, it it's um it's impressive because we expected this team to be one of the premier teams in the league, and through five weeks, they were one of the worst teams in the league. Um, they they uh, they got their shit together, and 
they came in very prepared. I think the most prepared they probably came in for a game all season, and it showed because when your best athletes on the field are also the most prepared athletes on the field, that's just a deadly combo, and Justin and them were locked in this entire game. Um, IB made a few big plays, uh, contributed a lot on defense in the tackling game. Um, but give it up to OSU as a defense. They forced a lot of pressure on Suroff, got a lot of turnovers, and scored a lot of points. Um, yeah, I, I, we haven't praised yeah. OSU a lot on this podcast this season, but yeah. this was a, this was definitely a week we should be praising I, I picked them. them to win this week. I had a feeling you that did. this was going to happen. Uh, and I, tell, I used to tell my sons this all the time. When they're on the ball field, no matter what sport they're playing, if you can't be the best athlete on the field, be the smartest. Mm-hmm. They played smart football this week. 100%. And if they could just continue doing that, then this team can go on a run. Yeah, they're going to be a scary team going forward. I think they're finally locked in. They finally figured out how they want to use each player. Right. Um, and that's just, hey, listen, sometimes it takes a little bit to figure it out. But they got a good thing going right now, and I'm excited to see how far they can take it. Um, as for UNC, um, I'm not worried about them. They fought a 4-2 in the row, season. Right? It is 2 in a row. Um uh, I'm not worried about them because I do believe Suroff as a leader and as a quarterback, and I believe that that team is fully there. And, and with their, that three-headed monster of Bowen, Stulek, and Joe Pip, then they are a force to be reckoned with on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they do need to get healthy, though. With Noah Torino, I'm not sure what his status is for this week, but they do need to get healthy and have their best seven on the field because their best seven is a lethal best seven, um, and I'd probably put it up against most other teams' best sevens in the league. Um, Bowen had a pick six in this one. Augie had a fumble recovery for touchdown. Justin had a rushing touchdown. Uh, Dev had a safety. Leota had a safety. Um, yeah, and that is how that game goes, 28-20 to 20 final. Back and forth affair. Suroff definitely uh, Suroff had a lead late in this game, but they just weren't able to hold on. Um, yeah, so big win for Oklahoma State. And as for UNC, they need to get off this two-game skid. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. No, I'm like, not worried about that. They, they, they got a really good team. Really good really, team with a really good quarterback. Yeah, It won't be a problem there. Yep. All right, it's so other 10 o'clock game. Michigan against SCLSU. Michigan wins 19-12. to Great game. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, a lot of shit talking. A lot of plays being made. Um, I was – it's crazy because Paulie, they don't feed him like the way that probably they should feed him, but he always makes the really big play, the touchdown play, the, um, the big first down catch. But it's never the little things. Like he's never getting the screen. He's never getting the, the crazy target share, it seems like, not every week. But he just comes out there and makes a crazy impact on the game, finished with three touchdowns, also finished with uh, two interceptions. He had a Randy Moss stat line of three for 80 and three touchdowns. Um, also had two interceptions in the game. He was an absolute monster again, and Tommy is just showing why Paulie in the second round should never it should never have happened, and it no. will never. Ha- I I can promise you after this season it'll never happen yeah. again. I was listening. I was on the sideline screaming the thing. You know, I think he, right now he's the leader and as MVP of the league. Has to be. So I kept saying MGP the MVP must guard Paulie. Uh, you know, if you're gonna must win this Pauly. game, you have to. If there's one player in the field you gotta defend, it's that guy right there. But he every week he, he just. He's showing up big every single week, and Tommy's getting the ball. And we always preach that. You always get your best play of the yep. ball. You know, and good things will happen. Yep, and good things happen when Tommy throws Paulie the ball. Um, I want to shout out A-Rod in this game. He had a lot. He had a yeah. four or five catches in this game that really kept the Michigan drives going in big situations. Um, I thought the, the offensive line for them did a pretty decent job being undermanned uh, going against the lethal defensive line that SCLSU has with Damian, Paul Carter, Swags, and uh, Spo. Um, very evenly matched game. Honestly, it came down to the final plays. Mike had a few chances at the end zone. They just weren't able to connect. 
Um, you play this game ten times, it probably got a different winner. Five, you probably got five, five LSU, five Michigan. Um, there's a lot of games that I'd like to see happen again, and I think this is one of them. Um, Joe Ivanak played a good game in this one, but they just it, it's just crazy how every week you have to think that everyone comes into the game against Michigan thinking, have to stop Pauly, but somehow doing, no, one's doing no one is able to do it. it I, I know if we played them again, I would have Mike making sure he's looking at Pauly at all times on the field. Yeah, you just have to have your best athlete out there. TJ Jackson didn't play a bad game, I thought, but he allowed Pauly to get behind him two times for touchdowns, and that was the oh, difference yeah. in uh, the game. To me, the, the, the greatest play of the game was... Uh, they almost sacked Tommy, yeah. and he's able to get off a, a, a deep pass, which basically Pulley ran down. Yeah, he, oh yeah, he, he ran that ball down and 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 made it beautiful over the you know over, over the, the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, it was over, over, over the shoulder cat. on a nice post over the middle. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, yeah, caught it right in the sideline, got into the end zone. Pulley's been an absolute monster this year. Um, if you didn't see the the top fives, he's got thirteen touchdowns. He leads the league in touchdowns, leads the league Again. in yards, leads the league in interceptions with ten, leads the league in pass breakups with eight. Paulie is doing what we've only seen Justin do before yeah. in this league in terms of dominant on both sides of the ball with the stats to back it up. Yeah, um, yeah uh, Paulie has been an absolute monster and is. It sounds like the first time he's doing this. His first year in the league, he led the league, league in touchdowns. touchdowns. Yep, no, no, Paulie's yeah, been a force in this league since coming into the league. Yeah. But- um, when the first round last year, they didn't. He didn't play enough games. They went zero and eight. Him and Tommy, they run it back for the third straight season, and he come. They they're coming out. They got they got a, a possible MVP Opoy on lock. The two of them, they're playing really well. Tommy leads the league in total touchdowns, and uh, yeah, I um, the Michigan team. The sky's the limit for as far as Tommy and Paulie can take them. Um, big win for them. SCLSU has dropped three straights and starting three and zero. But lost to three good teams. Lost to UNC, lost to Michigan, and lost to us. Lost to the three best teams in the league. So they every, went through it. Yeah, they've been in every game. Oh, my God. Lost to me in the last play of the game. Lost to 14-7 to Surov and lost uh, 19-12. They, a couple plays go differently in these games. SCLSU could easily be 6-0. So I am not worried about them either going forward. I think they are a very good team that prides themselves on the defensive end. And they they showed it again. They allowed less than 20 points. They held the number one scoring offense in the league in Michigan, who averages 29 points a game, held them to 19 um, offense just needs to pick up the slack a little bit. I thought Mikey's um, play calling was good. He ran the ball a lot. Yeah. He um, targeted guys, got guys the ball when they needed to, but I thought he did a pretty good job. They need to just keep using the offensive line that they have to their, their advantage, and I think they'll be all right. Yeah, one thing about that team, um, if they face you twice, they learn from their mistakes the first game. 100%. So even the, the, with the three losses they have, if they face any of those teams again, it's they'll know exactly how to correct their mistakes and what to do to defend. They're a great defensive team. Yeah, and like we said, they lost to three of the better and, teams and, in the league. And Mikey so. really is playing great ball this Mikey season. is playing great ball. I think this is Mikey's best season as a quarterback in totality in terms of as just a leader, stats, yeah. leader, um, Winning the winning, it's 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 there. Like he won three in a row. Just it just ha- it's just been a little bit of a skid right now. They got a game against a Dexterless Penn State game, so they're definitely looking to um, get back on track in that one. Two more games left to talk about. Eleven o'clock slate. Boston College against Iowa. Um, Iowa playing with eight without Sam Allen, without Zach Belheimer. Tried a myriad of people at quarterback with uh, Lebo getting snaps, Matt Iavino getting snaps, Sean McDonald getting snaps. Um, BC did what a good team does. They come in, they get the job done against the team without their quarterback. Um, I thought Garland played a good game in his return. He looked a little healthier out there. He ran for the first time all season. Got his first rushing like attempt on the year. Only one rushing attempt, but he got it. Um, Michael Leva was just an absolute monster in this game. As always. Had an interception, had a receiving touchdown. 
had a rushing touchdown and got a touchdown on defense off of a lateral off of a tj brown interception um Michael Leva makes a name for himself every week. Make sure that you know he made a presence on the field on that day. And this Saturday was no different. Garland is doing a very good job of getting rid of the ball fast, getting it to his playmakers, uh, Will Saba, TJ Brown, Michael Leva. Uh, Alex Cock is always part of the passing game when Trevor's playing quarterback. Um, they got a good team when healthy. And when Trevor's there, they're 3-0. and Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. They're 2-1 and when Trevor is there. Um, one and two without him, three and three on the season. Um, I like this Boston College team. I think they got a good line to protect Trevor, give him the time to throw to those three weapons. And I think as long as Will Saba keeps being the monster on defense, tackling that he is, they're gonna be a tough out if Trevor's there. But if Trevor's not there, then they're in trouble. Yeah, like you said, they got a good offensive line. Uh, mobility is key with Trevor. Uh, you need to have his legs healthy. Uh, you need a mobile Trevor to, to, to take that team far. Uh, you have Michael Leva last year's Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, and P.J. Brown, who was uh, – T.J., I'm sorry. Yeah, T.J. Brown. T.J. Brown, who, uh, you know, really came on last year, and he's continuing, you know, his Torres streak this year. I, I like the team. Uh, I love their offensive line. I, I like that – uh, the Quaker brothers play with a little bit of an edge to them. Yeah, definitely a little bit of an edge. But I think you gotta have that when you're playing offensive. I line. think so. No, I think when you're in the trenches, it definitely gets a little. Uh, it definitely gets a little chippy. Just remember to keep your head and don't start no fights. I'm, I'm talking. I'm not talking just to the Quaker brothers. I'm talking to everyone. Um, just gotta keep your heads and keep it level. But I do like Alex and Mike Quaker. They they do a really good job protecting Trevor. Yeah. Um, as for Iowa, I can't really judge them off this game. Sam didn't play. They moved to two and four on the season. Um, they, they're they're a team that when Sam is there, they're going to be competitive and they're going to be into um, have a good game plan. You know, they're going to be prepared. Um, just offense has been a little inconsistent back and forth week after week. Looks like one week they find it, one week they don't. Um, I still like like I like their team. Like they have good pieces. Yeah. Um, they just kind of need to build off of two weeks ago's win when Sam Allen was playing and not really keep be hung up on this win which uh, this loss to Boston College where I don't think they are because they probably knew coming in without Sam playing that it was going to be a, um, an uphill battle anytime you don't have a quarterback it's going to be an uphill battle um, Sean McDonald scored a long rushing touchdown Matt Ivino had a touchdown uh, Mike Leva scored the three and Alex Clark had a touchdown for Boston College um, Iowa is two and four in the, on the outside looking in currently um yeah, so I think if they're just going to continue on going forward, I think Iowa's still a tough t- a tough out anytime you play against them. And they just need to have Sam Allen there the last three weeks so that they can make this playoff push. Four wins is to get in, so they're probably going to need at least two and one the last three weeks. Last game of the day. Very high competitive spirit game. Final score doesn't tell the real story. Oaksterdam beats Rutgers 32-19. to Um... They came back from this game. Yeah, they came back in this game. So Rutgers got off to a really hot start, a 19-6 lead. Girard cuts it to 19-18 in halftime. And then really from that moment forward, Rutgers just had no offensive movement. Um, they had the one big play to Bigford late when they were trying to make their comeback, but then they were intercepted on the goal line. Um, Rutgers came out of the game plan, and I thought that they were executing well early. Abdul was running. They were trying to use their offensive line to their advantage. With their, they got a beefy offensive line. Um, they were missing a Nas, but they had still have Rashad, Omar, and the Tempa on the offensive line. Abdul had two long rushing touchdowns early in this game. Bigford had a pick six. They looked like they were on top of Oaks, like really on top of Oaksterdam, really taking advantage of um, the game and allowing Abdul to just run the ball down their throats. But 
they started throwing the ball more in the second half and later in the first half. And Abdul did have some nicer throws in the game, but that that team's bread and butter is going to be running the ball with Abdul and using their offensive line to their advantage. Um, no no disrespect to Abdul as a thrower, but your your weapon is your legs. Um, and I feel like you kind of got away from that in the second half, and that's kind of why the offense probably stalled. I disagree with that. You know really? what? Jarok's weapon is his legs, but you know. You don't think Abdul's weapon is his legs? No, absolutely, but I think you need more than just that to, to win. I, I think, it, you know, it's not just running. No, it's not just running, but. Um, I think they had a lot of success when he was running the ball. So I feel like it, I feel like sometimes in this league, a lot of people, like, something's working too often. They don't want to keep going back to it because they think defense might catch on to it or whatnot. But right. I don't know. I thought they were gaining good yards when they were running the ball, and then when they were passing, it wasn't as effective. I do agree that you do need to be a balanced offense in running and passing. Um, I just think maybe Drock, maybe Drock's team made some uh, adjustments that you didn't feel like you were able to run. But um, it was a big win for Oaksterdam. If I'm not mistaken, then they go to uh, to more man. They, they, they kind of stack line of scrimmage. And went Drog, more man. Drog's team. Yeah, yeah, they did. Drog was playing a lot of defensive line in this one. I know Drog likes to get after the quarterback. They were sending four also, which yeah. I think has become a little bit more of a theme in the league uh, in recent weeks. Yeah. Uh, Abdul, before the game, he came to me. He goes, why the disrespect on the pod? I said, I didn't disrespect this. I, yeah. I like your team. I think your team is great. I said, what I need to see is sustained drives. That I did not see in this game either. Just I mean, big when, plays. Right. I, I, a couple of, you know, the offense has got to be more than a 50-50 ball if you're throwing the ball downfield. It's got to be more than that. you got to be able to move the ball uh, matriculously. I can't even speak to that. <laughs> you got to matriculate the ball down the field. You, you know, 10 yards, 5 yards. Again, take what the defense gives you. I keep preaching that every damn week, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I gotta see. I gotta see more in the passing game. I like the run. I, I do, don't don't abandon the run. I like it. It works for Jarrock. Jarrock knows when to use his legs. He knows when to throw the ball. And it, it was it actually was his arm that got him back in the game. Yes, it was. So you know, uh, he's a veteran. I, I every 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 game or every week that I watch Jarrock play, I, I see I, I, I see much more than I, I've seen from the week before. Yep. And he he knows the game. He's he's a veteran of this game, and and he plays the game great. Uh, love the way he plays. I will say, man, Abdul comes in super prepared, and that Rutgers team is ready to go, and they definitely have a game it's plan. It's a very I can good tell, team. I can tell that they're very prepared when they come into the game because you just you can hear them talking during the game, and they just kind of know what what things are about to happen and whatnot. So, um, and who's the player I like a lot from uh, from Rutgers? Uh, who do you like? He said he was all uh, all. Oh, short. Bigford, Bigford, Mike Bigford. Bigford. Yeah, again, that's your if that's your best player. I think he needs more targets. Yeah, get him the ball. Get him the ball. Noel has been good as a Noel Santiago has also been good as a receiver this year. But Bigford is definitely your number one, and you definitely need to get him the ball a little bit more. Yeah, he's um, special. Yeah, he he's a he's a special athlete. He he made a crazy amount of cuts on that pick six. Got just getting through, uh, getting through flag potential flag grabbers, and just made a play and kind of gave his team a lot of momentum. I honestly thought they were going to be able to hold on. And possibly get a win. I think a big moment in this game was Jarrock throws an interception where Bigfoot comes out of absolutely out of nowhere to make a play on the ball on the opposite side of the end zone. Right. But then right after that play, the I'm going to call her a bitch. She yeah. comes over and does not allow us to finish the last five minutes of the game yeah. at Geik on the turf. So we had to move to the backfield grass. I feel like Rutgers had a little momentum out of that interception that... that that 10-minute, 15-minute break in the action kind of stalled both teams a little bit, kind of made the game a little duller. Um, Rutgers did 
drive down the field a little bit, but then Liam Knowles had the pick six yeah. that kind of put this game away. Rutgers then did get down the field again, but then Abdul threw another interception to Liam off the line that kind of sealed the deal. Um, I still like Rutgers as a team. They are they're one of the most prepared teams in the league each week. They have good athletes. Abdul just needs to, I think, Abdul, if Abdul gets a little bit better in the passing game, it might be able to open up the run for them because teams are going to challenge him to throw the ball. They're going to challenge him to throw it, and I think at a point he's going to have to make them pay with more than just the 50-50 ball to Bickford. Yeah, and also down by the goal line, I noticed uh, sometimes, oh, even when he's throwing to his lineman, he shot puts the ball. Yeah. Not, not That's not good. I think he got picked off on. on yeah, on uh, Liam, on the Liam yeah, uh, second yeah. one. Throw the ball. Yeah, let it fly. Um, put it right on your, put it right in their chest. Yeah. Throw it hard right in their chest. If they drop it, it's on them. Yeah. Put it in their chest. 100%. Um, because guys are going to be able to make plays on those live pop balls uh, over the middle. I don't. I'm not saying you threw many, but the the one to Liam, you tried to lob it over, and Liam just made a nice play on it. Liam's one of the better players in the league. Had two interceptions on the day, one for uh, one for six. Liam was talking a lot of shit in this game, and he was getting open, and Jarrock wasn't throwing him the ball where he can make a play. But Liam's a beast. Tim Howard had a touchdown in this game. Um, the Jarrock ran for 200 yards, three touchdowns. He was an absolute monster on 17 carries. Monster. Yeah, he's an absolute monster. He makes He's just incredible at making guys miss his flag. Um, legendary fight football player in these parts. And uh, good to see the early the early season success hasn't, um, hum, hasn't gotten them too cocky. They moved to 5-1 and one in the season. Second straight year where Jarrock started a season 5-1. and one. Let's hope that it doesn't end up the same way the Oilers season ended up in the summer. But I like this team a lot more. I think they're a lot more bought into the system that Jarrock wants to run, which, which they call grit. Or dirt. They call it dirt. Dirt. They got one play. It's called dirt where their linemen throw people into the dirt. Uh, and Santiago, Rhett, Chris Hunter, all capable guys in the offensive line of throwing guys in the dirt. So big win for Oaksterdam. Rutgers played a really good game. They got two games this week. So make a break week for, I think, Rutgers this season as they head into their uh, doubleheader yeah. week. Three and three. Jarrock, you know, uh, you got a great team this year. I want to see you continue. I need you to show up to the games on time. Uh, and I know you're all in. I, I, yeah, I, he's I guess, all in this season for sure. I, I, yeah, I, I have no doubt that uh, you're all in. So I just I want to see keep the train going. That's all I'm saying. Keep the train going. Five and one, looking like your best season yet. Um, okay, so that does it for the week six recap. All right, so we're going to give a joint Tommy and Kurtzman power rankings. We actually pretty much agree on everything. I think this is a... All right, this isn't what the standings are, and this isn't based on who beat who. It's based on how we think you are playing and how we think you are trending at this point in the season. Tommy, read them off. All right, number one, we have Michigan with MVP boy. Yep. Uh, number two, Oaksterdam. Number three, UNC, uh, dropping two in a row. Uh, number four, Washington. Number five, the Mud Dogs. Number six, Notre Dame. Number seven, Rutgers. Number eight with a bullet, OSU. Number nine, BC. Number 10, Iowa. Number 11, Penn State. And bringing up the rear is Florida at number 12. Yeah, I think, listen, there's a lot of three and three teams. Um, Notre Dame, SCLSU, Rutgers, and BC are all three and three. I'm three and two. Uh, Oklahoma State's two and four. Penn State, two and three. So there's still going to be a lot of um, craziness over these last three weeks. Um, a lot of standing changes are going to happen. Remember, top eight make the playoffs. Remember, it, it is head-to-head first and then point differential. Reminder, if there are three teams tied and you didn't all play each other, 
it goes to point differential. The head-to-head -head is thrown out the window. So just remember that for when you're bitching at me because the standings and you somehow didn't get in, but you, you beat the team that got in, but the point differentials were different. That is how it goes. So those were our power rankings. Um, the real standings are Michigan 1, Oaksterdam 2, UNC 3, Washington 4, SC LSU 5, Notre Dame 6, Boston College 7, Rutgers 8, Penn State 9, Oklahoma State 10, Iowa 11, Florida 12. Those are the real standings based on point differential, based on win-loss record as well. Um, all right, let's do a little bit of a Week 7 preview. Um, Oaksterdam not playing this week. Got four guys playing in the Skamoog MetLife tournament, so I told them they could get the week off. They'll play a doubleheader the following week. Rutgers is playing a doubleheader this week because they would not have been able to play next week with a, a bunch of their players um, heading out of the state for Thanksgiving week, so okay. they won't be there. So that's how we accommodate to our players out over here at Bear Down. Nice. Um, all right. We'll go, we're going to go a minute or two on each game. That's it. First game, 9 o'clock, Penn State without Dan Dexter against SCLSU and Mikey. Um, Matt Mascara was a former high school quarterback, so he will be stepping in and playing for Penn State this week. He is on their team, so he'll be playing quarterback, I imagine, this week. Um, excited to see how he plays. Excited to see if maybe he's a potential quarterback in the league going forward. We'll see uh, maybe if uh, Penn State maybe looks to him to revive their season. Uh, Dexter played a great game. I'm just fucking around, but hey, you never know what he, a new uh, weapon on offense that you find out based on absence can do for you. Mikey is very prepared for this week. He knows this is a game that he has to win. You need to get your you need to get off a three game losing streak. You need to take care of the teams below you in the standings. Mikey's team got to practice in on Wednesday night. I know that for a fact. They are locked in. They are ready to go and game planning very hard for this game. Um, I'll start with the picks. I'm taking I'm taking Mikey and SCLSU. I can't bet on a quarterback that I've never seen play, especially a quarterback of a team that hasn't had the greatest success so far offensively this season. But prove me wrong. I think the the key to this game for SCLSU is find a way to stop uh, Christian Elvina or at least slow him down. I think a double, I think a four-man line for you, which you guys go to a lot at SCLSU, they go to four-man line a lot. I think that's going to be a key in this game, making sure you have two bodies guarding Christian at all times, running plays away from him, and just kind of trying to minimize his impact on the game. As for Penn State, make your defensive line own this game and win the game in the trenches. Not an easy thing to do against SCLSU, but I think that is the way you will win this game is by Christian and John Harnish getting after it and making Mikey's life miserable on at quarterback. But I do have faith in the SCLSU four-man front, and I'm going to roll SCLSU in a close one. I'm going to go the same way. Uh, nothing against Mascara. I hope he has a great game. Uh, I hope we can see him you know, play quarterback in the future in this league. But uh, you're going against a veteran team uh, uh, with championship DNA. Uh, you're going against a veteran uh, line in uh, Damian. Uh, Damian Paul Carter Spouch. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of very experienced players, like we've talked about, a group of seven guys who just won a championship. Um, hangover didn't hit until a little bit later in the season, but I I think you have to expect them to get the job done. In this we've one. we've seen high school quarterbacks take their lumps in the We've seen Tommy his first year in as a college quarterback, very it successful took him a college bit. Took him a little bit. It took him a little bit. Yeah, so it, it's it's just not as easy to come in and. You know, and dominate. But, you know, I hope it's a good game, but I'm going to go with the experience. I'll go with the veteran leadership of Mikey here. I think the one thing that probably helps Penn State is that they literally have no idea how this kid Matt plays. 
Like, is he a guy who likes to throw the quick slant yeah. and let your guy make the play? Is he got to take shots down the field? Does he have a really strong arm? Is he uh, – I, I just it, there's a bunch of unknowns. So I think if your uh, SCLSU is going to be a big game for in-game adjustments, figuring out what is going to work if your initial game plan does not work. But yeah. um, I think one thing that I would say is getting after a rookie quarterback, getting a lot of pressure on them and, is usually and, the key and, to forcing bad and throws. And conversely, find a way to block Alvina because he's a monster. Yep, 100%. We're both on SCLSU in the first game of the day. Also at 9 o'clock, Notre Dame against Iowa. 3-3 um, three and three Notre Dame against 2-4 and four Iowa. Honestly, man, Notre Dame has one of the best defenses in the league. Piscopo, Douglas out, Piscopo in. Haven't skipped a beat on the defense side of the ball. Piscopo was a menace rushing me last week. I expect a lot of the same against Sam Allen. Um, Sam is going to have to figure out a way to combat that, that strong 3-4 to four man rush that they have with Musi, Frankie, um, and Joe Piscopo. Um, key to the game for Douglas's t- uh, for, for Piscopo's team is score more points than 12. Because I, I not that I think your defense is going to give up a lot of points. I just think Sam Allen is good at creating scoring opportunities for his players. Um, whether he's able to execute and convert on those scoring opportunities is to be seen each week. But I do think that he does a great job scheming players open and getting guys in good positions to make plays. So I think one thing against Sam Allen is you always usually have to score above 20 to win the game. Most days than not. So I think the key to Notre Dame, get the score above 20. Um, as for Iowa, throw last week in the garbage. Move forward. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep getting Jarwar involved if you're Sam Allen. Um Get keep throwing the ball to Matt Iavino because he is an absolute monster and just be smart. Sam Allen's always one of the smartest players in the field when he steps on the field, and I expect nothing less. But I'm going to take the Notre Dame Irish in this game. I think that their defense is suffocating, and then they they will make enough plays on that end of the ball to get the job done. I agree with Joe Delon Ritter. I, I think it's a really tough defense. It is. Uh, it's one of those games where I'm gonna have to call Sam out again. You're playing against an elite quarterback, and and yes, Joe is an elite yep. quarterback. Even though he missed the first half of the season, and you figure that he'd be a little rusty, I think he's he's flowing right into where you know uh, he left off uh, from last season. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be tough for, for Sam. I need him to step up this game. I need him to play hard. Uh, I need him to show that he can compete and belong in this league. Uh, <laughs> last time you called him out, got 28-0'd by by, yeah, uh, by LSU. Um, you got to step out. Yeah. You got to win these games. These I are mean, the games you have to win if you're going to be a competitive team in this league. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what the rest of their schedule remaining is, but and I, who, who they play in the final two weeks after this game. But if you're looking at the schedule, you got to go at least two and one. This is one of the games you got to have. Yeah. Um, I feel like we say that about a lot of Sam Allen-led teams. Sometimes he comes through. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, wait to see. You're on Notre Dame? I'm on Notre I'm Dame. I'm also on Notre Dame. 10 o'clock game. Um a premier matchup of two of the best athletes in the league, Oklahoma State and Justin Ferrara taking on Pauli Coldenado and Michigan. This is the reigning two-time wow. MVP against the presumed MVP for this season in Pauli Coldenado. Um, wow, that's tough. Yeah, where do you want to? Where do you want to? I'll start. I'll start in the trenches. Um, both teams have great lines: Leota Malozzi and Dev Span against Rags uh, Cardona returning this week. From a torn hamstring. I I mean, listen, if he returned from a torn hamstring in two weeks, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the hamstring was not torn. Okay. Um, I mean, you work in a hospital. You, I mean... Come on, it's I know, you keep sending me to sick people on the field. I do. I, you're the only one. You, you got experience, so I got to I got to use you when I can. Um, regardless, Cardona, um, Rags, and Dean Wiatrowski is going to be a great battle in the trenches. I'm really yeah. excited for this one. Um, 
Tommy, a Opoi candidate going against Augie, who has really picked it up in the in the last couple weeks, moving the football and getting uh, moving the offense and getting them rolling. He's a lot more willing of running and kind of putting his body on the line. They saw him die for a touchdown in the last week. Um, in this game, I mean, listen, I'm looking for a couple of Justin Pauly jump balls. Uh, I hope they happen. I hope we get to see two of the best athletes in the league uh, really match up against each other. Last week, we saw Justin move from middle linebacker to safety to take away the deep ball that Sarov likes to throw. I imagine that is going to be a similar game plan this week with Tommy loving to air the ball out to Pauly. I'm going to call out the receivers that aren't Pauly on Michigan in this Giuseppe. game. Giuseppe, Remy, A-Rod, you need to come in and give Tommy the the um, the the knowledge and the where intelligence that when Paulie doesn't have it or not Paulie doesn't have Paulie isn't open that you guys are going to be able to get open make enough plays. I saw a couple of drops last week, especially two from Giuseppe that he knows he cannot drop. Two beautifully thrown balls, one out to the sideline and one uh, back shoulder twenty yards downfield. Giuseppe would tell you that he needs to have both those balls, so I don't think I'm telling him anything new. Um, but other guys need to step up, and it can't be the Pauly show because Justin's not going to allow Pauly to have that impact that he's had in basically every single game this season. Um, for Oklahoma State, they need to do their job. Justin needs to do his job shutting down Pauly, but I'm going to call it their defense again this week. Need to continue to pull flags because if Justin is playing in the secondary, that means he is less of a factor in the tackling game that relies on Augie, IB, Eddie Chandler, and the defensive line to also rally to the football. So um, it's going to take complete game, complete team efforts in this one. Um, you want to start with your pick? Yeah, I want to always see a little bit. I like to yeah. see them continue to be... Uh, a little bit different offensively, change things up. I liked what I saw last week. I hope they do more of the same this week. I like the look defensively where you got Augie in the middle, so Justin has to worry about pulling flags, and you know he could play that deep secondary to take away that deep ball from uh, from Tommy that Tommy loves to throw. Uh, Coming with the same mentality, same game plan, same intensity. Uh, I'm going to go with OSU this week. That's crazy because I was going to go with OSU because Justin texted me and said, pick OSU, I am guaranteeing a victory. Wow. That is words from Justin Ferrara, so I'm going to go out and pick Oklahoma State. Reigning MVP. Reigning MVP is guaranteeing yeah, yeah. a victory. Sorry, I'll rephrase that. Reigning back-to-back MVP, MVP is guaranteeing a win this week for Oklahoma State. And over I'm the not leading gonna, MVP candidate. Yeah, over the leading MVP candidate and probably leading Opoy candidate right now, possibly. So... Um, we're both on Oklahoma State. We are both betting against the number one team in our power rankings and the number one team in the league. Um, I'm not. Listen, if Michigan, I can't. I can't. If Michigan comes out and wins this game, we're going to hear it at the field on on Saturday for sure from them. Yeah. Um, they're, listen, they're I think I picked team. them every we're week. I think I picked them every week outside of the game they played against May. Um, yeah, they're a great team. I just think that Oklahoma State is also trending in a upward direction, and I'm not going to doubt Justin. But if Justin does lose, then he may owe me a Miller at MJ's after that, the game. Uh, <laughs> that that D line is going to be big. I need Malozzi to come up big again. Mm-hmm. They uh, played great last week. And uh, who is uh, Leota? No, no, the last player that I heard his thumb. Um, who hurt his thumb? For who? Plays D line for uh, for always. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. We're both on Oklahoma State. I can't believe we're both yeah, picking same. against the Michigan. But that's D- how sometimes how the podcast OSU goes. D line, Dev, Leota, and and Malozzi. come up big this week. Yep. Um, all right. Other ten o'clock game: Rutgers versus Florida. Um, 
Rutgers playing two games in this one. This is probably on paper the more winnable game. They're playing against me in the second game. So um, in this game, I think Rutgers needs to put all their chips on the table and make sure they come out with this win. This is the game that you have to have, especially if you when you when you play two games in a day, you got to get the first one because it just gives you a little. It gives you confidence going into the second one. Takes a little pressure off of trying to get that that first win on the day. Um, and then if you if you have pressure going into the second game, sometimes you get a little tight, um, press a little bit, and just aren't able to, and it, and it turns into a little bit of an ugly scene. Um, I do think Rutgers is the better team in this game. I do think they are the more committed team. They show up in numbers every week. They have an advantage in this game on the offensive and defensive line, I believe, just due to numbers. Rashad, um, Omar, Latempa. Um, they have Anas also, who I hope is returning this week. Um, Drew and Amir are going to have to do their thing. I still think there is a way to run two linemen and still be successful offense in this league, and Deshaun has just not really been able to consistently figure it out outside of week one. Um, we haven't seen the Florida team from week one put up 38 points since week one. Um, I expected Deshaun to kind of continue the the trend that he was on after the end of last season in the summer, making a semifinals appearance, but it just hasn't clicked with this team. They haven't been able to find enough um winning plays each week to get that first win. I do think they'll get a win at some point. This is a game that you can look at as a a, a more than winnable game for Deshaun. He's playing against a, a lot of guys who, even though there's five games, six games into the league, you're still rookies in the league. Um, but if Deshaun's team doesn't show up in numbers and they're not ready to play, then Rutgers could honestly take this one and run with it. Yeah, uh, I got a lot of respect for that Florida team. Guys like Giroux, they show up every week and they play their hearts out and they yep. leave everything out on the field. Uh, there's no quitting, and a guy like that, Amir and, and Deshaun, I mean, they come every week and they perform. Uh, I, I, I wish there were more positive results for the team, but uh, hoping that they show up with a full team this week. This way it'll be a competitive game. Of course, they do compete. Um, they're going to have trouble, though, because, like I said, Rutgers, uh, they're close to a complete team. Uh, they they swarm to the ball defensively. Uh, they pull flags well for a team play, that doesn't play a lot of flag yes, football. they play uh, pull flags very well. Uh one more time. Abdul, sustained drives. Let me see sustained drives. All right. And then uh, we'll work from there. But, uh, again, don't, don't abandon the run. I'm not saying do that. I, I love the running. It's a big part of your game. But work that work the passing game off the run. It- yeah, I think if they stay with a consistent, balanced offense, I, I, I mean, listen, Florida hasn't given me much reason to pick them this year, so I'm going to go with Rutgers. I think they get their first win of the day. They're locked into this game at 10 o'clock. Um, and they pull it out. I think Deshaun will keep it close because I'm not sure if Rutgers um, has blowout like offensive potential, essentially. But their defense is good. They do pull flags, so you definitely have to sustain drives against them. Um, yeah, I'm going with Rutgers. I'm going with Rutgers. Yep. Um, all right, we'll stick with Rutgers. We'll talk about Rutgers against my team. Uh, we both have Rutgers going into this game 1-0 against my team. My team coming off of a, a piss-poor performance and a loss. Um have our full 10 showing up again this week. Um, I'm definitely a lot more locked into the game plan this week. We're definitely uh, more prepared than I, last week, I believe. If we're going to win, we just need to exploit the fact that they're playing their second game in in, in, in a row and that they're going to be hot, tired. So maybe some hurry-up offense for us. Maybe some um, rushing four if Abdul is really tired. Um we, we, got some, we got some tricks up our sleeve. The offense is definitely going to get moving again this week. I'm confident in that. Just need to be smarter with our play calls. That's on me. And probably just coming with more of a game plan offensively than I have in recent weeks. 
Um, we're a good offense. We're talented. We have a good offensive line play. And I think as long as um, more Dean and Marola do a good job protecting me, then I think we'll be able to come out with a win. Your team's an enigma to me. Uh, the are weeks I look at your team. Like you come out and you smoked, smoked OSU. Yeah. It was never even a game. You smoked them. I'm saying, you know what? This team on track. You know, everyone's showing up. Uh, everyone on the same page, they're going to beat anyone in this league. And then you come out and you kind of like laid an egg. Oh, we laid a fat egg. Against yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no excuses. I, I, yeah, I, I know you're a better team than that. Uh, consistency. Now that's what I'm going to be looking for your team. Yep. Be consistent. Uh, I, I like your team. I think you have more experience than the Rutgers yep. team. So I'm going to go with... Uh, with Washington. Yeah, I'm obviously taking myself. I think the big key for us in this game is just executing in the red zone. We get into the red zone a lot and don't score, so we definitely need to execute better inside the 10. And for Abdul's team, I guess the key of the game would be to slow down Danino and try to contain our offense and keep us under 20. And get the ball to your best player. Yeah, and obviously get the ball to your best player in Bickford. Um, we're definitely going to try to do a good job of stopping that. So, um, we both on Washington. We I think we've been on every every game we've picked the same team. So there's definitely going to be a game that we pick wrong where the people at the field I'm are sure. yelling at us. But that's part of the love for the league, and I love it. Um, last game of the day, um, UNC on a two-game slide against Boston College, Ooh. riding high off a win last week against Iowa. Um, is this... A must-win for Surhoff's team as they're four and two, staring three straight losses in the face. You don't want to lose three in a row. I'm not gonna say it's a must-win. Uh, they can still get into the playoffs, and they still, yeah. you know, they're capable of, of beating anybody. Uh, I'd like to see him get them back on track, though. Uh, you know, it's it's a good matchup, good strong line from BC, uh, which is also UNC's strength. Uh, I like the secondary play a little bit better for uh, UNC than I do for BC. Uh, I think that they have the ability to uh, control Trevor. Uh, like I said, good secondary, good good uh, pass rush. Yeah. I think it, it's going to be a tough day for Trevor. I think this is the most evenly matched game when I'm when I'm when I'm thinking about the players that'll be going against each other. The three of Joe Bowen Pip I think is a little bit better than the three of Saba. Michael Leva and TJ Brown, but all three of those guys on both teams are just playmakers. They make plays in every single game they've played in. I haven't talked about Saba enough. He he's been a beast this oh, year. He's a monster. I'm, I'm watching him play, and you know, <laughs> he's he, a middle he, linebacker. He, he gets everywhere on yeah, the field, and offensively too. Yep. You know, like makes a, guys miss. He's a very experienced flag player. He tears it up in the G League. Also, got, um, gotta talk more about him. Yeah, I've to talk more about him. He's the second in the league in uh in tackles, I believe. So, um, he's a very big player for them. And on the line, you got. Surov, Noah Torino, and Pat Importuna against the Kalka brothers and Randy Myers. I just think in this game, these are very evenly matched uh, like squads. And then Trevor and Surov, both very good quarterbacks in this league. Um, I think this is going to be a game where wh whichever team, I know it's it's kind of cliche, but whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win this game. Um, I think both defenses will get their share of stops. I think both offenses will get their share of big plays because these are two pl big playmaking offenses. Um, this isn't because Joe Pipp's my best friend, but... I want to see Joe Pip with ten targets this week. I think yeah, this is. A, I, I think I we haven't seen enough of. Like I know you have Bowen. I know you have Stulak, and they're both very good players. But Joey was picked third for a reason in this league. He's one of the best tacklers in the league. He plays great on defense. I think this is the week where Joey needs to get begin the ball a lot more, get more guaranteed targets for Pip. 
get him going because late in the season, Pip is going to be the guy making plays for you in the cold. I promise you, I've seen I, it enough I times. I totally agree. Uh, and on the other side of the ball, I got to see him. Uh, I'd like to see him match up more against Oliva. Yeah, I can get that. I think there's times um, where Joe they could move Joe Pip out of the middle to kind of maybe get him a little more involved in the the passing game defensively. I'm saying. Um, but he's just he's a, he's an animal wherever he plays in the field. I'm just looking for Joe Pip to have a monster game in this one. I'm expecting a half a day from Joe Pip. Yeah, why didn't he play last week? Sister's wedding. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so so yeah, now fair excuse. Now now it's on your shoulders. Yeah. A hundred percent, Pip. Your, uh, your team's got two game losing streak. You weren't there last week. You got to come in, and I'm not even going to excuse you for the the game you overslept. So yeah. I'm, I'm this is this is all on you this week. You want to start with the picks? Uh, I'm going UNC. Yeah. Um, I think I think UNC is a little bit of a smarter team. I think Boston College could win this game if they come in with a good game plan and they use the strengths of their team to their advantage. Um, yeah, the, ta- Sir, the talent yeah, is there. Yeah, I'm excited for the matchups of either Sir Offers, Mike Kalka, Sir Offers, Alice Kalka. Um, just going to be a lot. Of, it's going to be a really good game. Um, Eleven o'clock. Hopefully, a big crowd there for watching watching that one. Yeah, I got to ride with UNC. Where we've picked the same on all six games this week, and I don't yeah. think that any of these games are like to the point where a team might really get blown out. I know we're probably going to see a blowout because that just happens every week a team, but I'm expecting a lot of close games that come down to the final plays and whatnot. Sure. Um, yeah, I guess that does it. We're playing at Rebels Field, barring a crazy storm tonight and tomorrow. Um, if not, I'm going to try to find us a nice little turf field that doesn't kick us off. Um, everybody, thank you for listening this far. Uh, podcast will be on Thursdays. We're doing one pot a week with uh, with with basketball. Also having one pot a week, so bear with me. Been getting a lot of content out. Games are up. Have days are up. Top fives are up. We'll see you at the field on Saturday, nine o'clock. Peace.